UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is up to date on KCUR 89.3. Well, the Country Club Plaza is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. A new group has popped up to ensure that the iconic district is around for another 100 years. It's called the Plaza Area Council, and as Kevin Collison of City Scene KC points out, the council intends to be an umbrella organization for the historic district that's now privately owned and also uh, nearby neighborhoods. Now a conversation about the group's plans and concerns about the plaza, which uh, a lot of people have noted is in serious need of some TLC these days. With us, Kate Marshall is the founder of the Plaza Area Council and president of the South Plaza Neighborhood Association. Association. Kate, nice to have you. Welcome. Thanks, Steve. So happy to be here. David Westbrook is a council steering committee member and the group's PR guru. And David's a lot a lot of people's idea of a PR guru, isn't he, David? <laughs> Welcome back. Good Thank to have you, you here. Steve. You bet. Well, Kate, what is the Plaza Area Council all about? What do, what do you want it to do? Well, briefly, the, the Plaza's idea is to be a convener, a, a place that, that ideas can come together, concerned citizens can come together. We can we can hold that 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 need to have a have a place that people are concerned about what's going on but there's so much opportunity and there's so many important stakeholders that are really invested in seeing the plaza whole area be extraordinary yeah um, so you know there are other organizations that sort of are focused on the plaza why is this one needed what's different about this one well it's funny you said that because actually there are no other organizations really? Specifically, that take just having the mission of the caring and feeding of the plaza area. Right. I mean, our our actual mission statement is to serve as a community convener, to build an inclusive, activated, and engaged plaza area, have it be a must-experience destination for residents and visitors, and drive the economic and social value. And there is no other entity doing that, which mm. is kind of the, the vacuum I fell into. <laughs> what is the, the, the committee's, the council's chief concern these days? Um, well, first I should make it very clear that we're so nascent. Uh, we're in the delivery room right now. Okay. And, and this, this organization is, is crowning. I mean, we're just now giving birth to this. So what we're going to be doing is a lot of listening and focus groups and understanding what are the initiatives that the community wants us to address? Mm-hmm. Um, we've started on that. We've heard that pe- people are interested in seeing more um, pedestrian-friendly zones around the I plaza. I want to ask you about that in a minute here. David, I want to be clear about something, and that is this council is concerned not only about the iconic shopping district, but also about surrounding neighborhoods. Why, Absolutely. Why, why is that? Well, you know, we're talking, when we talk about the plaza, we're talking about a living, vibrant area that people think about as a destination not only for shopping and dining and entertainment, but also for a, a great community, a neighborhood, uh, a, a desirable place to be, place to work, a place where people identify with Kansas City as a community, and this is one of those places that, I know those of us who've lived here all of our lives and have are, are on to that part of life where we can recall and still remember the old days. Right, sure. But we're not going to the past. We're, we really have to make this into a destination that anticipates a digital future, a safer future, hmm. um, a more 
uh, involved and participating future. So uh, the wonderful thing about the people who have come to the table here is they're very representative of the entire community, and there's a kind of stirring uh, devotion to making this place the vibrant place that it can continue to be. We're not going to fix something. We're going to make something even better. Your sense, David, as to why this council is needed now is what? Well, I think it's important to tap not only into government, not only into business, but into community and to appeal to the assets of social participation and engagement that are all what make Kansas City a great place. And so those qualities are going to be brought to bear on this particular part of town. And people will think initially, oh, yeah, they need to fix the sidewalks or they need to paint this structure or do something there. Those are the optics. We're talking about real substance, about involving the community, about opening it up and making it a place where when you come to Kansas City, you say, hey, have we have we we got we got to go to the plaza. We can't mm-hmm. miss the plaza. Kate, who is involved with this council? Can you give me a sense of some of the folks and who's who's funding this thing? Well, at the moment we have formulated through a steering committee that includes Dennis Strait, who's a co-founder of Gould Evans now called sure. Multi Studio. Tyler Enders, who is a tenant on the plaza, He's who's the co-founder of right. Maiden KC. Um, David Westbrook. We had tremendous help from Beth Zollers, who is an urban planner, um, and she, she's helped us work on the framework. We're still kind of in creating our governance model. Uh, Tom McGee, who mm-hmm. is a fifth-generation Kansas Cityan and has never lived more than a few blocks away from the iconic plaza area. Um, Matt Meller, who is an extraordinary entrepreneurial wizard who's now in, a, in an interim CEO role with Startland. Uh, who am I forgetting, David? You've got you've got the right ones. It's pretty good. Eventually, Kate, you would like to hire an executive director and some staff to get this thing moving. Do I have that right? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This this will be a a significant and meaningful organization, not unlike the downtown council or Midtown Casey. Now, the kind of organization that is, you know, lifted up and funded by the stakeholders in the community, both business and residential folks, but also you know, have that civic leadership and the kind of folks. I mean, one of our first listening sessions, quite by coincidence, we had five of the immediate past presidents of the downtown council in the room. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. When do you hope to have these people in place, the executive director and and the like? I don't think I can speculate, but I would say in the next 90 days, we're going to be able to, well, we've got articles of incorporation. We're adopting bylaws momentarily. We are definitely moving in that direction. Um, and then we're going to start uh, fundraising in earnest because we will need to do some capacity building. David Westbrook, how is City Hall reacting to what you're trying to do here? Well, they're welcoming this, and that's the wonderful thing about it. This is a partnership with government, a partnership with the private sector, and a partnership with the neighborhood. All parties are at the table, and the city uh, the mayor's office has been very, been very warm and welcoming about this. Nobody's defensive. Nobody's thinking that there is a political position that has to be taken of any kind. City council members have been observant and polite and asking what can we do to be helpful. We don't see one single source as a solution or an enabler, but a partnership. And the council and the mayor have been very, very positive about this. You know, David, I don't want to avoid the elephant in the room, and that is, you know, there's so much concern around. Downtown about the state of the plaza, the state of the 
now-century-old infrastructure on the plaza, as well as the roster of businesses that make up the, the business community there and all the vacancies. How much of those concerns are tied to the formation of this plaza area council? I think I'd be... Uh I'd be very demure if I suggested those were not some of our concerns, but let's make it clear. We're not concerned about the ownership of the plaza or the management team that is there. They have been very forthcoming and welcoming our participation. They see it as an asset and a partnership that will be helpful to them. We obviously want to see the plaza reflect a mix of services and retail and entertainment experiences that become a very, very important and treasured part of the community. But I think Togman, the company that has been managing the plaza, is very welcoming about what we're doing. And I have to admire their willingness to get this ragtag group of engaged <laughs> citizens involved in their in their property. And it's not just their property. We think of it when we think of the plaza, but it is the neighborhood too. And that neighborhood group led by uh, led by uh, Kate and others, has been extremely helpful in this process. Is our Taubman and representatives from Taubman taking part in these conversations? Yes, they have been. And that's important, I imagine, Kate. It's vital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, I want to say also that one of the reasons that when I first started thinking about what what could possibly be done here, I, I started actually by looking at Brush Creek and you know seeing mud in the sidewalks and the trash and the issues with water quality and and I had in my mind, because I grew up in New York City and was around at the time that Mrs. Barlow was starting the Central Park Conservancy, I wow. said, oh, maybe we need a Brush Creek Conservancy. Mm-hmm. And the more conversations I had, and I spoke to over 100 stakeholders, the more I started to realize this is a much bigger area of concern. It's broader. It's from the east side of town all the way to state line. It's from, like, south of Loose Park up to Westport. So it's a big area. But in that area, there's extraordinary investment that's taking place right now. Lane 4 is getting ready to build a 300-unit complex right behind the Carlton Plaza. Mm-hmm. They're going to put a little bodega on the first floor. You know, mm-hmm. that'll be wonderful. Right. On the north side, we've got two brand-new extraordinary hotels. One just opened aloft. They're two Marriott-branded products that's putting been put there by a, a Kansas City-based company called Capital Management. Right. Both of those are over $100 million projects. So people are not shying away from investment on the plaza. and what, Which is a really good sign. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's extraordinary. And, yeah. and what I think, you know, David and the group and I are all kind of hoping is that if we help people realize that this is still a very vibrant, activated, extraordinary space, we just need a little more attention. We need a little more attention from the city, from public works, parks department. We're going to have a streetcar stop right, right there in the Winstead's right. parking lot in right. two years. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And what an extraordinary opportunity. We'll be right back. Well, the plaza needs more attention. And then the, I guess the big word here is money, right? I mean, at some point that's going to become front and center and you worry and wonder about Taubman's ability, the owners of the plaza to make make the kinds of investments that maybe are needed to be made going forward. But but the point that I'm trying to make here, Steve, is that while Taubman owns 15 retail blocks, that's just a portion of the investment that is in and around the plaza. And if you look at at all the residential real estate that's of tremendous value. In fact, one of our steering committee members, Dennis Strait, has this fabulous presentation where he shows a graph with great big spikes of property values and and therefore tax revenue production. 
downtown. And then the only other one in the entire Metroplex that's even remotely like that is the plaza, is the plaza area. Yeah. And it's, it's every bit as tall as some of the spikes in the downtown area. So this is like a second downtown. Right. Sure it is. David, you wanted to hop in here. Oh, I just think that's amazing. The people who have come to the table who are prepared to make sure that there is the proper economic investment. I think that the business community, the real estate developers, the retail community, and the funding community from the foundations that are coincidentally not located too far away from the place we're talking about, they are standing there asking us, what can we do to help? Let's make sure this is a very involved egalitarian enterprise and make sure that it's smart. David, all this is happening, obviously, against the backdrop of this, you know, arguably radically changing uh, background of retail and what that looks like going forward. That's kind of like trying to hit a moving target here a little bit, isn't it? It is. But, you know, COVID accelerated retail's crisis. COVID accelerated it because we were all sent home and we all suddenly had to learn how to shop and do uh, experiences that we previously were doing by getting in our car and going someplace to be with people. And the opportunity the plaza has is to take advantage of that acceleration of that new knowledge of add a digital experience to Mm -hmm. the experience of coming to the plaza and being part of it. I don't know what that will be, but I know that the people who are going to be responsible for the visioning sessions to help bring that about, and they're going to be very involved from all parts of the community, are prepared to make a commitment to see that technology become part of what I've been saying is a 22nd century vision. I know that's 75 years away, but, you know, it wasn't so long ago that the plaza was only 50 years old. So, you know, time moves. Kate, uh, Kevin Collison at City Scene has covered some of these meetings and he's uh, tossed out in his reporting, some of the ideas that are getting kicked around that our listeners will be interested in, they range from ensuring a safe, secure environment to adding events like a farmer's market and even closing Nichols Road to traffic to accelerate pedestrian traffic. I'm wondering, any of these ideas have stood out to you? Any sense of consensus behind any of these things yet, or is it just way too soon? Uh, well, it's soon, um, in part because, you know, we when it comes to things like closing streets, you know, that would have to be done in partnership with the owners of the shopping center. Sure. Uh, so so that's not a, a thing I can speculate about or, or have the purview to, you know, suggest we're going to make that happen. But getting the city's attention on things like broken sidewalks and missing crosswalk painting and, you know, dangerous intersections and, you know, the stuff falling off the edges of the Warnell Bridge, those are the kinds of initiatives that we should really take a look at. Um, I mean, why have those things happened? Again, given the importance of the plaza, given the attention the plaza has gotten, some folks you hear wondering, where is the city in all of this? Well, you know, Steve, the the plaza is experiencing a centennial, which is another reason that it started to get my attention. And it was um, very lovingly cared for by the Nichols family for 75 years. And in 1998, they sold it to Highwood's properties, which was an office management company. And there were lots of thoughts about whether that was a good or a bad thing. I would sold to the Taubman uh, kind of, and Macerich, the REITs that now own it. So it's been a full generation. It's been 25 years since that family has been taking care of making sure the plaza was kind of like our own local Disneyland. And your point is you get a sense how much the, uh, the Miller-Nichols family was taking care of the plaza. Yeah. And I mean, it was their baby, you know, mm-hmm. so they were going to make sure it looked good all the time. 
And it's been a whole generation since since that has, you know, I think they were probably had more impact on saying to the city, for example, the flowers in the planters on the Warnell Bridge uh, were filled by the Rose Hill Company, which was doing all of the planting for the Nichols Company in the Alameda Hotel, which mm-hmm. is now the Intercontinental, and all over the plaza and a lot of their other um, neighborhoods. But they were sending the bill to the Parks Department. So the Parks Department was paying for it. But, you know, they were, it was assured that it was going to happen. Um, it's probably been five years since there have been flowers in those planters. Mm-hmm. And, and we were getting really distraught at how bad it looked. So actually, it was volunteers from the South Plaza neighborhood who went to the trouble of digging out the trash and getting rid of the weeds and filling them back up. And now we have really attractive-looking mm-hmm. um, English ivy planted in there, which is not invasive because it came from Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dave, the other idea you hear is the need to return more local businesses to the plaza. How high of a prior- priority do you think that's going to be? Oh, I think Tyler Andrews, I wish he were here to talk about that. Right. I, we, we think that's a very important piece of it, and obviously Togman needs to be um, enlightened about the way uh, rental rates are negotiated for local businesses. I, If I were Togman, I wouldn't like David Westbrook talking on the radio about that. Uh, I'm, that's not an adversary or provocative statement, but I think we are here not only with ideas and no complaints, but ideas, and well, as well as we're here with investment opportunities that we're going to we're going to pony up some money from this group, I'm sure, because people there have deep pockets and are prepared to make an investment in an organization and in an organizing enterprise that's going to be beneficial to the whole community. Yeah, Kate. Well, I just want to say, when I started looking, you know, like like broadening on the Google map, and I saw MRI Global and the Russell Stover headquarters and the Kauffman Foundation, and the Stowers Institute, and American Century, and St. Luke's Hospital, and UMKC. I, I mean, it's it's extraordinary what a little, you know, what a concentration of, ex, of extraordinary resources are right here. Mm-hmm. The other elephant in the room, David, is this idea of concerns over ongoing violence on the plaza in recent years. What's the focus going to be on that front? What do you expect on that going forward? I think there's a question of tone there. There's no question that that's an issue in our society everywhere. Right. And so the question becomes, how do we uh, offer the enterprise of safety and security without it becoming threatening? So imagine Disney World without a cast. Mm-hmm. Right. Imagine that. Imagine the plaza without helpful folks who are always in line of sight, who are there to connect you, to make a reservation with a restaurant to guide you to a retail opportunity to point out an entertainment experience that's about to happen right there on a closed street. Those are ideas that are among those that we're discussing. It's going to cost some money, but it's going to bring economic, social, and uh, other development opportunities to the community as well. Do you have any sense, David, uh, how willing, how able uh, the city is going to be to be a partner in all this when it comes to money? Ah, there's the there's the pregnant pause. We don't know yeah. yet. We don't mm-hmm. know yet. But I think it's going to require an investment by all sectors. Sure. And I think the city knows that this is an area, as Kate pointed out earlier, that is the second downtown of Kansas City right. and deserves equal attention to the downtown area. 
I also was struck by something, Kate, as we talk about the need to attract more businesses and events to the plaza area, how much emphasis is being put on the diversity and inclusiveness uh, of folks coming to the plaza and attracting more diverse patrons. I'm so glad you asked that because for me, this this organization doesn't matter if we're not addressing the issue of acknowledging our past because the past of the Nichols Company is not a pleasant one. Acknowledging that, we can't necessarily fix or heal it. But moving forward and, and, and saying that this next century on the plaza is going to be different because it's going to be about being in, inclusive and diverse and creating opportunities and exciting reasons for folks from all sides of the community to come in and enjoy the plaza. Um, and that, that means having reasons to come and good things to do when they get here. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, David, as we talk about uh, all things Plaza here, that the number of ideas for things that people would like to do will exceed capacity here pretty quickly. So to what extent will this council, this association, be all about sort of choosing among great priorities, great ideas, and trying to figure out a path forward well, here? You're right. We have to set some priorities. And what we have to be clear about are two things. Number one, that people who have come to the table to express their ideas have genuinely been heard. And to the extent that their ideas can be reflected in what we're doing, we will show them. To the extent that they cannot or will not, we will say why. And the other, I think, is to represent that it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. Some of the priorities we'll do immediately. Some will be in the intermediate future. All of this needs to be done transparently. Transparent engagement is always messy. But it's a messiness that kind of creates a very tasty bouillabaisse if you do it right. So it's going to be, I don't want to push the metaphor too far, it's going to be a very socially nourishing and economically exciting activity for Kansas City. I am impressed. I've lived here all my life. I'm really impressed by the people who have come to the table, by the authenticity of mm -hmm. their interest and commitment, and I'm absolutely certain there is staying power with this work. Kate, when can uh, our listeners expect uh, your group to actually come up with a list of priorities and sort of a, a clear direction forward, at least based on this council's view of where the plaza needs to go? How soon do you want it, Steve? Well, yeah. How, come, on back, come on back next week, Kate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're paddling as fast as we can. Yeah, I feel a real degree of urgency about this because I see all these extraordinary things that are happening in Kansas City flying at us, and they're going by so fast. Like the NFL draft will be here almost yesterday, right? right. And the you know the centennial celebration we hope is going to be sometime. I think you know the summer, June, whatever. Then we've got the art fair and plaza lighting, and before you know it, we've got a streetcar stop right, right there. Right, right. Then gosh knows we want to be ready for FIFA 2026. And in the meantime, there's going to be, God willing, Super Bowl parades and marathons that run through the plaza and all kinds of other exciting things. So there's no time to waste. And I've been, I've been having these conversations with stakeholders now since last May. And I'm just like, David knows, I'm just like, ah, yeah. now, I have to do this now. Well, well, we'll look forward to hearing what you guys come up with. That's the voice of Kate Marshall, founder of the Plaza Area Council. You have your own website, right? Yeah, plazakc.org. And she's also president of the South Plaza Neighborhood Association. David Westbrook also joined us. He's a council steering committee member. Thank you both for a good conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Steve. So bet. grateful to be here. Yeah, good luck. Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. 
Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.